Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes, uh, season six, episode four. My name is Andy Balam and this is Andy Cooker. And the film or television program we're going to talk about this evening is it's a film, and it's called Overlord. Overlord, and based yes. purely on the title, knowing absolutely nothing about the film, and also mm-hmm. with absolutely no warning. Because I didn't yes, ask what the title a, was. Normally I'll give you a heads up earlier on yeah. in the day, but today I didn't. I believe strongly uh, that the film Overlord is a Game of Thrones style hack and slash adventure with a strong comedy uh, overtone and lots of severed limbs. Hmm. No. Wrong. Is that what it is? So, so utterly wrong. Really? <laughs> Although I'd actually pay money to see that film that you just described. Well, it's just limbs being chopped off and people making jokes. I think as long as it took itself seriously, yeah. Okay. As long as like the VFX were good quality, okay. then uh, yeah, I'd pay money to see a, a Game of Thrones um, comedy rip-off. What if it starred uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, even more. I'd give you double the money. Really? Yeah. At a London cinema, that would be £42 each. Okay, take my money. <laughs> Thank you very much. In 3D, so cool. even more money. Cool, yeah. Pre-orders uh, are open now. Great, okay. And it's called Overlord. Okay, uh, that isn't this film. Speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger... Yes. Were you? Was it you telling me some trivia about Arnold Schwarzenegger today? Uh, I'm not sure. Someone, can you, can someone you remember what it was? Someone kicked him? Oh, yeah. This is in South Africa at the Arnold Games. The Arnold so these, Games? These are, these are games that he give, puts his name to. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. have to look them up, actually, just to see what, what exactly it's all about. Um, but yeah, somebody drop-kicked him in the back. So and, as in like uh, a flying just, kick? Yeah, just randomly. Right. Uh, just to see says, what happened. He says, yeah, I guess so, yeah. To see what happens when you drop kick an old guy in the back. Admittedly, an old muscular guy yeah. in the back. Um, uh, he says, I thought the crowd were jostling me. Then I realized I'd been kicked in the back. <laughs> and it's not a problem. Um, it reminded me very much of the uh, now infamous um, interview that Mark Como did with film director Werner Herzog in Hollywood Hills. <laughs> yeah. In which Werner Herzog gets shot by a, an air rifle. So, so Mark Como's talking. Let's set the scene for this. So, Mark Como, they're in the Hollywood Hills. Mark Como's looking down on Werner Herzog. So, Werner Herzog is facing him, looking up the hill. And suddenly, a wound appears on Werner Herzog's like stomach area. And he and Mark Como says, "You've just been shot." And Herzog lifts his shirt up and pokes at the wound and says. This is not significant. <laughs> this is not this is not significant in a, in a very Herzogian way. There's a there's a really nice series of um, motivational posters with Werner Herzog quotes on them, <laughs> which you can download if you uh, use your favourite search engine to look for that. I love Werner Herzog. He's a legend. Uh, yeah, that's highly highly recommended. Um, yeah, so Arnie got drop kicked, but but he didn't notice. He still he didn't. He says he didn't notice. He's still yeah. a pretty heavily built chap, isn't he? Even yeah, he looks like he works out every day. Yeah. Um, 
we should all be so lucky to look in that shape when we're his age. How old is he? Uh, he must be pushing 70 now. Wow. Um, which reminds me, actually, as when we're on the subject of 70-year-old men who look fantastic, uh, somebody posted some footage of uh, Mick Jagger working out in a gym, presumably ahead of um, a Rolling Stones tour. And uh, we should all, again, be so lucky to be um, in that kind of shape when we're his age. He's incredible. That's his job. Um, Well, yeah, it's his job. And to be fair, he has kept in that shape his entire life. So, but uh, there you go. He's good at his job. Um, He is good at his job, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some movie news, some sad movie news. Actually, this is in common with last the last pod in which we had some sad movie news. But um, the good robot Andy's uh, keeping you updated on who's died. Yeah, uh, this is someone who you wouldn't normally think would be an automatic shoe in for a, a good robot Andy's movie news. But um, actress and singer <clears throat> and entertainer Doris Day died recently. Um, I wouldn't count myself as a massive fan, but I can acknowledge her her contribution to popular culture and. Um, I would say that there are a couple of her songs that I would quite happily sing for karaoke. Like what? Um, Move Over Darling being one of them. That's a good one. Um, The Deadwood Stage from Calamity Jane. That's always fun. Could you give us a Um, a few bars? No, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) People should look it up. See, I saw that coming and I headed it off. Look up Andy C. Karaoke. See what he (laughs) finds. No. Um... Uh, but trivia, trivia, trivia fans. Um, she is in a Hitchcock movie with with James Stewart called The Man Who Knew Too Much, which is a sort of espionage thriller in which she sings Kesara Sarah, that quite famous song. I think uh, I've that, seen that. That was actually turned uh, turned into an advert in the seventies. Maybe it was eighties. The song. Yeah, uh, with different words. Oh, yeah. uh, to promote the potato industry <laughs> in which a bunch of hairy bottomed builders sing in the back of a van will it be mushrooms fried onion ring? see I'm singing now you've made me sing you'll have to wait and see and then they say we hope it's chips it's chips oh, yes. etc like that do you remember that? yes vaguely? okay yes um, so Que so is the same tune as that yes I know the and song Que it seems incongruous that she would sing in a Hitchcock movie because there's no other songs in the film. The reason why she sang is because she was under contract to the studio that she had to sing a song, at least one song in every movie. Oh, right. So they um, could then sell uh, records, presumably. Exactly, yeah. So And Hitchcock was bound by that, even though it was his film. Mm-hmm. He had to have her sing a song. So um, there you go. So Doris Day, who sadly died. Also famous for being Rock Hudson's beard, but that is another, entirely another matter. I don't understand even that sentence. You don't? No. Okay, well, I'll let you look that one up sometime. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe listener can look that one up. Maybe listener knows, knows what it means. Uh, shall we move on? I think we better, in case it's rude. Talking, talking of beards. It's not rude. Okay. No, it's not <laughs> Just rude. <joking. laughs> it's not rude. <laughs> It's just a thing. It's a thing that people say. Okay. Um, shall I? Shall I? Shall I say what it is? No. No, I like this. Okay. All right. Shall I move on to the film? So the Overlord reminds me of something that you have in 
um, tabletop role-playing games where you where there's mm. little men fighting each other, and you put them on Overwatch. Overwatch. That's a game. Overwatch. Uh, yeah, it's also a computer game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that yeah. I think that word comes from the same idea. When you oh, okay. when you put them on Overwatch, that means that if someone comes towards them when it's not your turn, they shoot them. Oh, okay. Like a sniper type. Is it? Yeah. Is it, well, just just that they're kind of in a defensive posture. So when yeah. your opponent moves, they. So there's a bit of role playing trivia for you. There we. That's good. I like that. Yeah. It's probably on topic for our listener. I think it probably is, yeah, for listener. I haven't played many Um, role-playing games. You shouldn't ask me questions about them, listener. (laughs) No, nor me. Um, So, as listener may know, Overlord, or Operation Overlord, was the name of the the Normandy landings. That Ah. was the code name for the Normandy landings. It's all starting to make sense. is set in the Second World War during the, so the during the the um, invasion of Normandy. So this is the D-Day landings. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so it's a 2018 American war horror film. We're back in horror territory here, folks. Although very different horror territory from the Babadook has to be said. Um, directed by Julius Avery, written by Billy Ray and Mark L. Smith. Produced by Bad Robot, which is J.J. Abrams' um, studio. Billy Ray rings well. Yeah, he's quite a famous screenwriter. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, produced by Bad Robot and released by Paramount. Uh, so it came out last year. So this is, a, you know, set during Overlord. A bunch of American paratroopers, um, they are sent in... To their orders are to destroy a radio tower, a German radio tower in an old church. But their plane is shot down and it crashes. Most of the squad are killed in the crash, uh, either on their way down or by landmines. So only four survivors make it to the town. So this was a squad sent out in a big plane? Yes. To parachute in? or Yeah, to parachute in. So they haven't come in on boats. Mm-hmm. They've come in on parachutes. Um, so the team continue on looking for, you know, the uh, the village, the town, um, where they meet a young woman called Chloe, who um, alludes to the fact that there's some skullduggery going on in the town, that the Nazis are up to no good. I mean, more no good than Nazis are usually <laughs> up to, which is usually quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, they are up to some quite nasty stuff with human experimentation. Okay. Um, let's be absolutely clear about this. This is definitely a horror movie. So it starts out as a straightforward war movie. Mm-hmm. And in... Oh, spoilers. We're, we're going to spoil... Yeah, it's a spoilerific if podcast. If you're first time listening, I'm going to spoil the heck out of this film. So um, it starts out as a straightforward, you know, uh, war movie, invasion type film. Um Actually, it sets out its stall in some very gruey action, so very visceral action that is reminiscent of the opening of Saving Private Ryan, only maybe a little bit more heightened than that, mm-hmm. a little bit more exploitive, which is you know fine for a film of this type. It's it's in context. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan. Well, the first forty minutes are just incredible because yeah. it's all Normandy landings. 
or the Normandy oh, landing. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and and essentially in Private Ryan, I'm just digressing briefly, <laughs> but uh, Spielberg redefined the way that people would shoot action scenes with Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, prior to that, people used a lot of locked camera work, uh, but pri- the majority of the camera work on the beach is handheld right. and very wobbly. Yeah. Um, I know how you love a wobbly it, camera. I do love a wobbly cam, yeah. And it's um, the first 40 minutes of Private Ryan are amazing. The rest of the film is pretty meh. Right. It's pretty Spielberg and pretty, um, you know, uh, when Spielberg is saccharine, he can be really saccharine. I'm a sucker and Private for that. Ryan, well, yeah, I am as well. But in, in the case of Private Ryan, I'm not right, okay. really. Um, but yeah, in the case of things like Bridge of Spies or The Paper... I'm absolutely on board with Spielberg's saccharine delivery. What about Ready Player One? Yeah, loved it. Great. Absolutely loved it. I, I was like, um, this is like like a thousand happy meals just being delivered to me <laughs> so all at the same time. And I was just consuming it, uh, you know, all of the pop culture references. And yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it, it does differ quite wildly from the book. Yeah, I haven't read the book yet. Uh, but it doesn't really seem to matter very much because mm. they've done a fantastic job with it. Anyway, I, d- I digress. Um, so they make it to the village. Uh, this young woman alludes to the fact that there's some skullduggery going mm-hmm. on. Um, then one of their <clears throat> one of their members is killed. So you're saying it's a horror film. Is it a supernatural horror film? No. Okay. Okay. No. Um, so one of the one of their members is killed. Mm-hmm. And they managed to retrieve um, a, like a syringe of of stuff uh, from the Nazis that looks like it might be, you know, be able to help this guy who's seemingly being killed. They inject him with it and he comes back to life. Mm-hmm. But he comes back to life not quite himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's really like aggressive and, uh, you know, he um, his body kind of, changes in shape and size and you know he, he becomes kind of like a monster sounds and a bit supernatural not really so so i think supernatural would imply that there's some kind of um magic at work when there isn't okay it's to do with chemicals and you know stuff like that um so they they dispatch him in quite a violent way <laughs> and then they 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 decide quite rightly that um, when they manage to capture the the Hobstenfuhrer, who is played by uh, Danish actor Pilu Asbeck in incredible scenery chewing form, <laughs> and again it's all in context. His performance really works very well in the context of the film. They realise that there is an uh, an installation in this village that or town can't remember the town or village that they need to infiltrate and destroy because the Nazis are making a... Um, they're making super soldiers. They're making okay. zombie uh, soldiers, basically, mm-hmm. who can't be killed mm-hmm. or can't be killed very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there the film really kicks up a gear in terms of the gruey action mm-hmm. and um, uh, sort of extreme violence that uh, is, is sort of in keeping with stuff like Evil Dead 2, only more realistic. and But... But not realistic in the way that's kind of wince-inducing. It some of some of the action in this film is very funny. Is it? Is it played it for laughs? Out. 
Um, I would say not deliberately, but uh, it's not sadistic. Mm-hmm. It's definitely entertaining. Okay. A- action, which is important, I think, for a film like this. Yeah, it's um, a different I, film. I, otherwise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a very different film. Yeah. So the installation is actually underground. It's underground, the un, un, underneath the clock tower, mm-hmm. um, which is which of course is perilous because once you're down there, then um, you're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the remaining members of the crew head down there, um, and wherein they um, they encounter more uh, super soldiers and more gruey action, and then um, the the Hampton Fuhrer injects himself with serum. Mm-hmm makes himself into a monster and that that is a wonderful sequence actually because he kind of revels in the revels in the um the extreme nature of what's happening to him <laughs> um and uh and one of the americans does the same and then they have this immense hand to hand combat fight like in transformers which is actually quite quite apocalyptic uh no it's not like transformers no <laughs> um is that what you was is that what you were asking yeah, yeah no it's nothing like transformers <laughs> no um uh and then uh at the end of the film oh yeah so so the uh, the the the, the Hunton Fuhrer asks the american after he's injected himself how does it feel to have the fatherland flowing through you <laughs> and he says something like it feels f word terrible and then they have a massive fight <laughs> so it's that kind of cheesy um quite self-aware dialogue that makes it work mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they realise, uh, you know, the survivors and the guy who's been who's been beefed up on serum, they've got to destroy the whole thing and bury it forever. Because if anybody gets hold of that technology, they could create an army of, of zombie soldiers. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they succeed in doing that. And uh, that is, yeah, that's the end of the movie, basically. Um, they live happily ever after. Everybody lives happily ever after, and nobody ever knew about the zombie soldiers. Does the bloke, um, the American who injects himself, does he get over it? Or? No, he gets buried with with all the others. Right. So yeah, sad, but necessary. I feel. <laughs> yeah, that's the what. It's what he would have wanted. It's what he. Well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking not, but um. Yeah, I think. I'm thinking that on. On his list of priorities for uh, for Overlord would be uh, parachute in, do what I've got to do, and then go home. Briefly become super soldier, <laughs> and then I'm buried uh, with other evidence. Yeah, no, that that wouldn't be on my um, to do list for <laughs> for June the twenty first, nineteen forty five. No, but you know, whatever. Cool. So, how much is 19, it? Um, yeah. Is it like helping you understand the reality of what it was like to be in that war? Like not at all. Uh, well, actually, that that is an interesting point. So the the parachuting in is very nicely done. It's very visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's some combat in the town. Uh, there's quite a lot of combat in the town be- between just regular troops. That's actually really well done. Mm-hmm. So it does show you what happens to a human body when a really powerful sub submachine gun hits you. Something that is frequently, I think, glossed over in war movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's it's visceral stuff. It's powerful stuff in terms of uh, you know, the battle scenes are really well orchestrated. Performances are all all really good. 
largely unknown cast. I think um, Pilu Asbeck, who's the Danish actor, is the only one I really recognised. And only because I'd seen him in uh, originally in a Danish show called Borgen. Oh, is, I think I watched all about a bit the, of that. Yes, yeah, good. He plays a journalist in that, a crusading journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very good in that. He's been in a lot of stuff since then, notably a movie called A Hijacking, which is all about a container ship that got hijacked in off the coast of Somalia. Right, right, right. Uh, he's he's good in that as well. He plays quite a lowly crew member who, who actually you know, spoiler alert makes it out. But um, yeah, so he's he's great in it. But he's the only person that I recognised, and I think that helps with the, it helps to anonymise the cast really, mm-hmm. so that you're not pulled out of the movie saying, oh look, it's George Clooney. Oh wow, look, it's uh, somebody else doing a celebrity cameo. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I've taken the serum. Now I am powerful. <laughs> Look at me. i even bigger than I was before. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it, no. He said, I don't need this serum. <laughs> I'm too big already. So uh, why do you think they made it? Like, it's a bit, it's a slightly random scenario, or is it just, oh, any scenario where you can have Nazis, therefore you can have a serum? Um, I, well, I think the what makes it work is the mashup of genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is actually, I would say, a film that I've been waiting quite a long time to see. Uh, Literally this uh, film? What, well, not this film, but this kind of mashup. Okay, so okay. it's very reminiscent of Wolfenstein. The game? Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, the various iterations of Of course, that, of has, that has Nazis and, and guns. zombie types. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. zombie types, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's very reminiscent of that. And mm. that's not a bad thing, really, because, yeah. you know, Wolfenstein's a bit of a classic. Yeah, I never played Wolfenstein. I played um, Doom, but I didn't play. It's a similar thing, isn't it? I think it might be the same game engine. Yeah, it's the same people, definitely, who made it. Yeah, yeah. Is it ID? Yeah. Who made those games? Yeah. Um, Legendary. So, yeah, it's, it is kind of like Wolfenstein in a movie. Right, right, right. So it's very self-aware. It knows what it is. And it plays up to the fact that, that it knows what it is. Mm. It never says, this is original, you know, this is going to blow your socks off. It just says, look, this is a really nice genre-mashing mm-hmm. movie. Did, um, yeah. Did you learn something about life by watching it? This is the question, yeah, by the way. Yeah, don't get injected with, with Nazi super soldier serum. <laughs> it, Anything else? It would be, <laughs> like, did it um, teach you about, you know, death or... Science or war? Yeah, I think yeah. A para, being a paratrooper in a in a war zone is scary. <laughs> yeah, very scary. So not only does your plane get shot down, also your 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 um, platoon members get shot out of the sky, and then when you land, you get blown up by mines. Mm-hmm. And then so um, you meet Nazi super soldiers, and then you meet Nazi super soldiers, and uh, you have to inject yourself with serum. And fight one in a really gruey way mm-hmm. and then die in a pile of rubble. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite full on. It's very heightened. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think if listener likes, um, you know, a bit of... It's kind of exploitation in a way. Uh, but it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I think that, you know, being produced by Bad Robot is a good thing. Didn't Bad Robot... I like. Make Buffy. 
No, that's Mutant Enemy. Ah, Guru Arg. Guru Arg, yeah, Bad Robot is Bad Robot. Yeah, what's that from then? I know that. The end of Lost. Oh, is it Lost? Stupid Lost. Yeah. yeah. So, lost. um, Overlord was was supposed to be part of the Cloverfield uh, franchise because there's now like three movies in that um, in that franchise. Really? What? The, the, What's yeah, the third? Yeah. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. Okay, what's, which went, how's, what's, that, what's that all about? Oh, it's good. No, actually, we should talk about it on this pod. Okay. Because yeah. 10 Cloverfield they, Lane is terrific. But that was nothing to do with Cloverfield and then they tacked it on, right? They did tack it on, yeah. Uh, but it does work okay. in terms of the tack on. One of my favourite bits in 10 Cloverfield Lane is when the heroine of the piece and the guy that she's locked up with... So John Goodman's like this crazy survivalist. Yeah, but isn't and, the um, thing that's weird about Ten... I haven't seen it, but isn't the thing that's weird about it that it's supposed to be ambiguous about whether he's just lying, but it's called Ten yes. Cloverfield Lane, so you know he isn't? Uh, yes, I suppose so. But that kind of heightens it, because you're thinking, no, you don't really know just how bad things are up there. Um... But maybe he is lying. Maybe he is lying. But um, I've seen Cloverfield, my, but, so I know he isn't. Okay, so my favorite, my favorite bit <laughs> is seen when. It, so I can't. Well, I'm going to talk about it anyway because okay, it's good go. fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, the heroine of the piece and the guy she's the guy she's locked up with. Uh, I think it's like Christmas time. They're playing Guess Who, <laughs> and they've just been conspiring on how they're going to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And they're playing Guess Who. And John Goodman is saying, uh, I'm always here. I'm listening. I know what you're doing. I'm always watching. I know what you've been doing. And, she, and you can see the guy is freaking out. He's about to blurt out that he's sorry that they're trying to escape. And she says, you're Santa Claus. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> so that's the, uh, it's, a, it's a good movie, Ten Cloverfield Lane. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> A lot of fun. So yeah, there have been three. So yeah, Overlord was mooted as being a Cloverfield movie, but was not released as one. And okay. probably wouldn't have worked if it had been one. Okay. So what's going on but with this, is, this Cloverfield yeah. franchise thing? Well, they're kind of releasing movies um, that are sort of loosely connected to the original movie. Why? Well, just for fun, really. Just to make a tiny bit of extra cash. Well, yeah, why not? Yeah, and the, the Cloverfield paradox, while it doesn't always work, does have some interesting ideas going on, and I did enjoy it. Okay, thought it was good fun, but we will talk about that okay. in a future pod. Yeah. So I watched. I don't think I've mentioned this. Yeah. I watched the thing where the people are in the massive robots that you have to have two of you. Oh, uh, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. I watched it because you said it was good. Yes, but you hated it. That's all right. Oh, okay. okay. Quite enjoyed it. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to enjoy a, a film when your wife is that bored. Yeah, I can imagine that your wife wouldn't enjoy that very much. <laughs> Maybe you should have watched it alone. Yeah. You would have enjoyed it more. I've got things to watch alone. Mm. Already, I struggle for things to watch not alone. But yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, she quite enjoyed it too. Because it's quite fun. No, it is fun. It knows what it is. You know, it's another one of these films that knows exactly what it is. Plus, it's Del Toro. 
It yeah. looks terrific. It's got a bit more. It's got fantastic design and ideas Heft. behind it. Mm. And um, I think the physics in it really work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he didn't really question the... No. The robots. No. The, um, what are they called? Uh, Je- Jaegers. Mm, mm. German for hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it. But like yeah, the, um, the romance left a little to be desired on the subtlety. Oh, no, so. it's not subtle at all, no. <laughs> not in the least bit subtle. Also, some of the accents in it are shockingly bad. <laughs> In fact, most of them are, with the exception of Idris Elba, who's just being Idris Elba. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Everybody else is um, is all over the place, accent-wise. But it is a lot of fun. I saw it at the cinema, actually, and it was really good fun at the cinema. I thought it was interesting, because the, so the, person, the bloke is supposed to be the protagonist. Yeah. But actually, um, the the woman is the protagonist, and he's just like... An incidental character, except he gets all the yeah. screen time. Because he's a man. So it was, it was interesting, that. I didn't know whether it was demonstrating just how sexist everything is, or whether it was actually subtly undermining that, I don't know. Or it's just lazy screenwriting. Could be. Anyway, That's a yeah, good point. Big robots. Yeah, big robots and bigger monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the whole jumping in, in, where, in the middle thing. One of the robots uses a a boat as a weapon. Mm-hmm. It was very satisfying. <laughs> I really liked the way it jumped into people who were already who already been at war for a long time. You know that I liked the way it mm. didn't start at the beginning. That was nice. Yeah, it's refreshing. That isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. The sequel is not so good, to be fair. Not so good. Right, okay. So, speaking of gruey mm. um, action and guns... Yes. ...with a lot of plot... Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of Max Payne 3. Oh, now, okay, so Max Payne, is that bullet time? Yes. Thing? So, it okay. took it took that thing from the Matrix where time slows down. And there were some, actually some Matrix games that did it rather well, where you, you have okay. a button you can press... And time slows down, and then you get to do loads of cool shooting really accurately because yeah. it makes you feel like a superhero. It works really well. And then, yeah, Max Payne did it did exactly the same thing, and there's no explanation for why time slows down in Max Payne. <laughs> yeah. um, but it works. It makes you feel so amazing because you just slow down time, and then you, amazingly you can do really difficult shots and things. So it works. The physics in it works well, does it? Yes, it does. And that's Max Payne 1 was on the PlayStation 2 and it was really really a long time ago. Right. So Max Payne 3 is still really old, like maybe 10 15 years old, but well like PS3? Uh I've got it on PS- Xbox 360, yeah. so yeah, same generation as. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um but I and I I've had it in my drawer for ages and I didn't particularly bother playing it because it's got like scantily clad ladies on the front and I just thought oh it's just going to be Exploited. Yeah, one of those games. Mm. And I I idly got it out to play with my brother-in-law a couple of years ago at one Christmas. Um, really, really enjoyed it, and it wasn't like that. And then he came over the other day, and we played a bit more together like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and actually, we got to the really exploitative bit. <laughs> but <laughs> we got through it fairly quickly. But um, uh, yeah, it's still really good fun. I really enjoyed it. Cool. It reminds me. Good. It reminds me of the way you're talking about Overlord. Like, um, it knows what it is, and it's got this. Yeah. 
it keeps cutting into this plot about how his life's miserable and he's terrible at everything and stuff. And but you don't really care about that. <laughs> but well, you kind of do. It kind of makes you feel a bit cooler, you know. It's all a game okay. like that. It's all about yeah. making you feel really cool because you've got guns and you kill people. <laughs> guns. Now speaking, it's talking of which. Yeah. I'm going to see John Wick three tomorrow. Right. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping against hope that John Wick three is where they move on from John Wick two. Yeah. And stop being mediocre and set it up as a franchise that will last another 10 films and they'll all be good value so what I've heard is that is the case we've so got to hope up, that it picks up directly from John Wick 2 but drops the um, ridiculous stuff from John Wick 2 and just makes John Wick a marked man what do you mean ridiculous that, stuff from John Wick 2 well I thought I thought the kind of trying to make it into a Bond film mm-hmm I just didn't work for John Wick 2 at all. Mm. Something about um, John Wick 2 was very lacklustre. It diluted the purity of the first film to such mm. an extent that I'd stopped caring about it, really. It was, a, um, it was a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, it was, yeah. But, yeah, 3 is supposed to be... Uh, Mark Kermode liked it a lot, and I've, you know, the reviews have said oh, really? that it's really a huge refer- return to form. The way um, they've been advertising it, they just seem really confident in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Plus, it's got the line "guns, lots of guns." So has it? Yeah. Has it got the line "there is no spoon"? Don't think so. No. no. Every film should have that line. Mm. Have you seen Dog Soldiers? Yes, yeah. I have. Okay. One, one that has that yeah. line. I l- I l- oh yes, there is, isn't there? When spoon gets eviscerated, yeah, there is no spoon. Yeah, it didn't work so well though. Sean <laughs> Perth doesn't really. He doesn't <laughs> say it with conviction. I liked it. There's okay. a few bits in Dog Soldiers where they really should have reshot it because the dialogue doesn't work, but they clearly ran yeah. out of budget. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very low budget. They had to film. cut it together. So, like, the whole plot doesn't make sense at the end. You just have to... It's like, no, 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 that's the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I liked it. But, you know, it's got... Um, that's a film that's very self-aware mm-hmm. about what it's doing. Shall I tell you... The, Subverting. Shall I tell you the other thing I've been playing? That mm-hmm. has kind of taken over my whole consciousness and also makes me feel a bit resentful that I have to go to work and stuff like that because really <laughs> I just want to stay and look after my kingdom. Is Kingdoms and Castles, a game you can get on Steam for about seven quid. Okay. Um, which is very similar to a game called The Settlers or uh, from the olden days, if that, if any, mm. if a listener remembers that. Um, also, if you're into civilization and stuff like that, it's like the same, like that. but trivially okay. simple in comparison. <clears throat> not, not with right. all the complexity of civilization. What's it called again? It's called Kingdoms and Castles. Okay. Yeah. Basically, you have you start off with just a castle, and you have to build houses and farms, and and like you know, you don't have enough food, and everyone starts starving. So that's because that you haven't built enough farms, yeah. and then you need a blacksmith so you can make tools and blah blah blah. You know, it's all, this whole chain of uh, things you need, and there's things that happen. Vikings come and destroy your stuff, and things like that. Yeah. But it's just a really simple version of that, really familiar to me from playing Settlers, mm. which I played for. When I was a student, I barely went to lectures. I just played Settlers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when I get the chance, I'm looking after my kingdom. I'm very proud of it. Mm. It's been really good. Okay. Kingdoms and castles. Kingdoms and, kingdoms and castles. It's crashed on me a couple of times and I lost my latest save game, so be warned. Right. Okay. Okay. But it's fun. Uh 
that made me think of as I was saying kingdoms and castles <laughs> in a in a uh, Nigel Tufnell voice. That made me think of um, a tweet that I replied to either today or yesterday, in which someone was saying, "Can you name three directors who've had three incredible, um, you know, runs of form, like three movies in a row?" People would were uh, posting, you know, various mm-hmm. different directors, and I I posted Rob Reiner. Okay, tell me the films. Okay, now I'm going to have to go back through my tweet list now and find them. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. This is really tedious. (laughs) Where a man looks up his own tweets. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 I I tweeted something brilliant. Let me just scroll through my tweets and find it. Let me just scroll through it. (laughs) Oh, here we go. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Uh, Yeah, here we go. So, um... So the person who originally posted it said, John McTiernan. This is actually not a bad list, but there's one duff one on here. So Predator from 87, mm-hmm. Die Hard from 88. Mm-hmm. That's two good ones. And then The Hunt for Red October from 1990, which I don't think is very good. I don't think I've seen that. It's supposed to be good though, right? It's a- yeah. Uh, then somebody, And then they also posted Michael Mann, Last of the Mohicans from 1992, which I think is fantastic. Uh, Heat from 1995. Oh, I can't stand Heat. Neither can I. Isn't that weird? No, <laughs> it's rubbish. But people say, "Oh, it's amazing! It's the greatest crime movie ever." It's I just so don't. Long. It's really tedious. And The Insider from 99, which is fine. Hang on, is that the, the one insider. that's that's very like very much just? Is it the one I'm, I'm talking of? The Insiders with Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. Oh no, no, it's not. I don't think. And it's about a big tobacco guy. Oh, yes, 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 it is the one turns, I'm thinking of. He turns whistleblower. Yeah, basically. yeah. It's very, a very specialist film. Like, I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, I think good. a lot of people would not want to sit through that film. No, it's very talky. Yeah. Very talky. Uh, then Eric Vesp, um, who is a guy called Quint, who used to post on Ain't It Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he posted uh, Francis Ford Coppola. The Godfather, The Conversation, and The Godfather Part Two. That's that's a good one. That's a good. I'm not sure I've seen The Conversation. However, I think my three trumps. Mm-hmm. Did, did everyone on the internet agree that your three was the correct three? No, of, of course not. But <laughs> that's because they're all wrong. Um, so mine is Rob Reiner, and it's Stand by Me. Mm-hmm. When uh, sorry, Stand by Me, The Princess Bride, mm-hmm. and When Harry Met Sally. That's a strong list. That is a strong list, isn't it? I haven't seen Princess Bride. Okay, well, you should rectify that as soon as possible. And in fact, around that, Rob Reiner had made other films that are equally as good as that, but those are the three that I picked out. He also made A Few Good Men, which is amazing. That's all right. I'd, I'd go and, for... And this is Spinal Tap. Oh, now you're talking. I know. I mean, he, he during the 80s, he was knocking it out of the park. I'd go for George Romero. Yeah, okay. I, but I don't know what films he did in between, so it might not count. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't Night it? Night of yeah. the Living Dead. But then... Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Maybe he made another film in between. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think... You can't re- I can't really... Like best of three. I can't stand by that. I can't... Mm. I tell you what, having The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2 on your list... In one list. difficult to compete with. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. that is a tough one. To, I mean, there's probably a Scorsese three in a row. Uh, 
that probably includes Raging Bull. Yeah, I mean, some people have only made amazingly good films, right? Yeah. So that's easy. Yeah, I think the score says he's been patchy more recently and less prolific mm-hmm. as well. But I mean, he did make Silence, which I thought was really, really good piece of work. Don't think I've seen that. that. We talked about on this pod. Oh, <laughs> I've forgotten it. Well, you haven't seen it, but we did talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I've forgotten I was talking about it. Yeah. That's bad. We've done a lot now. We have done a lot. Shall we Six wrap up? Six seasons in. Uh, well, five and a half. Uh, five and a half, yeah. 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 Yeah, got any plugging? Yes, I have. So wow. I've got a uh, I've got a podcast feed. It's called Movie Mashup. No camel case, no caps. No camel case, no caps. In which I talk about films that I've seen recently or maybe old stuff that I've caught up on and talk about it in the context of newer stuff. Um, so I just did one today, actually. I posted a, an update to it, which is all about the Marvel Comics movie, The Incredible Hulk, that I watched last week, mm-hmm. which um, is from 2008. Mm-hmm. Features Edward Norton playing Bruce Banner. All right, I like Edward Norton. Yeah, uh, he makes a very brittle, unlikable Bruce Banner. Um, because, you know, Edward Norton is kind of brittle and unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so I talk, I talk about that in the context of the way that they changed the character of Banner and they changed the character of the Hulk in later films. So, you know, sort of talk about that. So uh, you can uh, subscribe to that. If that's the film I've seen, uh, it's utterly dull. I don't know if it's the one you've seen. Yeah, probably is. Uh, so yeah, that is my that's my plug. So that's sort of on topic for a podcast. Yes, talking about definitely. a podcast. And yeah. if, if this was a podcast about films, and we were plugging a podcast about films, that would be totally on topic, wouldn't it? We're just on topic then. Yeah, but but yeah. speaking of off topic. Okay, let's go off topic. <laughs> um, I make uh, YouTube videos. I haven't made one for quite a while actually, but yeah, I have a load of YouTube videos on YouTube. Um, mostly about programming. In fact, pretty much exclusively about programming. Hmm. Um, but for their range of difficulty levels from easy to hard. And I was doing some analysis of of who's watching my YouTube videos today. Because mm. I was watching a YouTube video about how to have a YouTube video hit, which obviously I don't do yes. any of the things that it said because I don't really care. I just want them to be useful. But anyway, so it just made me curious about my, my statistics. So I went and read the statistics on YouTube and I worked out that over the last seven days, and I think this is pretty typical of recent months and years, Mm. on average, at any moment of the day or night, approximately half a person is watching one of my YouTube videos. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Half a person. So, yeah, I don't know. Someone at work suggested that perhaps they were watching two at the same time. um, Or they had one eye closed, but... Okay, that's pretty good though, isn't it? So that's really exciting to me. I made some yeah. videos which I thought might be helpful or interesting. And they are. And people are consuming them. Obviously, there's a lot of people in the world. But if yeah, even yeah. one person... Yeah, I've heard, there's <laughs> that, a lot. That was a Nigel Tufnell statement <laughs> right there. Um, but you if, don't say that in a Nigel Tufnell voice now. Obviously, there's a lot of people in the world. <laughs> Um, yeah, but if even one person, like, watches a video of mine and finds it helpful, that's a really exciting, brilliant thing for me, so... Yeah, that that is cool. To think that yeah. tens of thousands of people, maybe not finding it useful, but are watching it, is exciting. 
That's really good. Something like I'm half, really... nearly half a million views of all my what? videos. I know. What? That's really cool. Yeah. They're not that good, I was, people. I was about to say <laughs> Stay that. Stay away. I was, to say that, I was about to say that I've accrued some podcast subscribers, <laughs> but that kind of puts my my number of podcast subscribers to shame. How many really. podcast subscribers have you got? I've got 58. Wow, that's pretty good. I know. That's pretty good. I know, it's, it's not bad, is it? For a radio show that's not on anymore, yeah. I've actually got more subscribers than I have when I finished the radio show. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably due to this podcast. Yeah. Well, I've found, um, I don't know about that, I've found that it really pays. I mean, not with the Good Robot Andys, no one's listened to Good Robot Andys still, but with my blog and with my YouTube videos, it really pays just to keep plugging away, making good things, and eventually yep. people listen. If you do it... They will come. So I did my blog for about 10 years with not many people reading it. And mm. now something like 15,000 people a month are reading it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, we've been doing the Good Way About Andy's for five and a half seasons. Yeah, <laughs> There's still a couple of people listening. but And people are listening. I mean, uh, didn't you, uh, you read out some some stats at the, before we started recording? Yeah, we, we had, there were like 41 downloads this month so far. Yeah. So this month's only two thirds three. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's exciting because the thing with it with that it's not like a view on YouTube where you someone might click it and then click off it again because it was useless. Hopefully, mm. some proportion of those forty-one people um, are actually coming to listen to it because they they know who they they've heard it before and they want to listen to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them, at least. Yeah. So hello, which is cool. If you're, <laughs> If you're listening, so on it, leave us a comment on the blog. Yes, please do. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for listening. Just say, Tell your friends. Just say, just say hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks for wittering on. <laughs> also, tell us how to make it better so more people listen. No, don't say that. We don't care. We're not really, not really interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would sort of feel nice, wouldn't it? But you know. Well, yeah. It's a bit. We of don't, fun, we don't isn't want it? people saying, "I like it," but. But you know, you witter on too long at the end. That's all, that's all part of the charm. You talk about yourselves. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you're constantly spoiling films. Oh, I know, but I love it. Yeah. Because I never really get to do it. I do think there's a definite audience for spoilers. Not for for two types of people. Firstly, people who are just not going to get around to watching the film, but are still interested. Yeah. And secondly, like we've talked about before, for people where for whom the, some films are just too scary or too something else, mm. so we can just fill them in without... Because horror is now an important part of the conversation, right? And if you're... Yeah, very much so, yeah. If you just don't like it, you you still want to be in the conversation. So we're, we've yeah, got your back. For example, for example, Kathy mm-hmm. is unlikely ever to watch Overlord. Yes. But might enjoy the description of what happens in it. Yes. As long as you keep Maybe. it light. <laughs> yeah, light and frothy, yeah. With unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's all I got, I think. <laughs> yeah. So what we've done there is we've done a podcast, then we've talked about some computer games and stuff. We've talked about ourselves. But then we've spent quite a long time talking about why someone might want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, yep. if they are listening, they probably already know. They probably do. But anyway, if you are, we love you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Keep keep listening. <laughs> Download it twice. Yes. <laughs>
Oh, and uh, like and subscribe. So, like so on like. on uh, iTunes or iTunes or the or your whatever your podcasting whatever app of choice. Oh, and vote for us. And oh no, it's too late for the the British it's podcast awards. So, the, unfortunately, the, honestly, we didn't win. I'm really disappointed in you, listener. We didn't win this time because our listener only voted the once. Hmm. Um, but the podcast that did win, I was going to do like recommending podcasts. I just remembered. So the mm. podcast that did win, which probably doesn't need recommending because it's got enough listeners already, is Brexit Cast, the BBC podcast with a load of reporters who spend all day reporting on Brexit and then they get, kind of gather at the end of a very busy day about two in the morning, too exhausted to censor themselves properly, and they kind of gossip about what's happened. And it's surprisingly entertaining and informative, and I've learned a lot more about what's really happening than I knew before. <laughs> That's interesting, given how the BBC are just not reporting it very well, you know, mainstream-wise, they're reporting it in a very biased way. There aren't... Yeah, I find from the BBC coverage that I do listen to, which admittedly is not much, I just don't get many facts about, like, what's actually happening in the process, the parliamentary process, stuff like that. You get a lot of feeling, a lot of opinion. Yeah, so Brexit cast is very... Very much for the geeks, you know, it's, it's... it's these people who are kind of experts in either the European or British parliamentary system. Oh, okay, that does sound interesting. Talking with with their their guard down a bit, so it's it's really fun actually. Hmm. Maybe that doesn't okay. sound fun. No, it does sound like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brexit. Fill in cast. the gaps. Fill in the gaps. So anyway, we didn't win anything this year. Next year, listener, you know what to do. Yeah. Well, if we say something controversial, maybe one of our podcasts will go viral. Oh, I, I'm going to sign off with this. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. I'm Batman. <laughs> and so am I. See you next time. Yeah, cheers. <laughs>